0: It's trade deadline day in the NFL. Most Jets fans are hoping for a deal. I'm not sure it's such a good idea, though. I'll explain why today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, happy Halloween and happy trade deadline day. Today is the NFL trade deadline. It's at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Deals have to be done. It's the last chance to make a trade before the offseason begins. We're going to talk about what the Jets may or may not do at the deadline on today's episode. And I think... Most Jets fans out there are hoping for some sort of deal that will help this team upgrade problem areas. I'm not necessarily opposed to the Jets making a trade, but I think that it only makes sense in very limited circumstances. There are a couple of reasons I I say this. Number one is whenever you're building a team, you're always trying to find the balance between helping your team right now and making sure you have enough resources for the future. And at the moment, and a lot of it goes back to what the Jets did in the offseason, trying to get Aaron Rodgers, trying to load up for a run right now, the Jets have used up a lot of future resources to build this current roster. And I think you got to leave something in reserve because you've got to think think two, three years down the line. Make sure your team's still competitive. You know, The Jets already lacked a day two pick last year. They're going to lack a second round pick this year. That's part of the Rodgers trade. Beyond that, the cap situation is going to be tight going forward. Uh, You know, the Jets have pushed a lot of cap hits to the future. So all of this is to say that if the Jets are going to make a deal, it's probably going to cost them a draft pick or two. And I'm not sure the Jets are necessarily in a position to give up a premium draft pick. Now, I say that as one rationale for it, but another rationale is, I'm not sure the Jets are necessarily the team that fits the profile that would want to make a trade. And what do I mean by that? Well, I think you, you, you're you kind of, kind of like two classes in the NFL. You have buyers and sellers. You have your buyers, your teams that are really gunning for a Super Bowl this year. Teams that think, you know, maybe this one player can get us over the top. And you have sellers. You have teams that just think, you know what, we're out of the race. We don't, you know, we're not, we're just going to give off players who have value, especially guys in the last year of their contract. We'll try and get something in return for them. And I feel like the Jets are very much in the middle of the pack. And I think the standings bear that out right now the jets are in eighth place in the afc standing so they are right in the middle of the pack so you know they're in the playoff race i don't know that they're necessarily a team that can realistically you know any team can go on a run i'm not sure this is necessarily the team that has the most realistic chance the best odds good odds of going on a super bowl run this year of course things can always change but I think the Jets are very much, you know, one of those teams that just, I always say there's a handful of teams at the top of the league. There's a handful of teams at the bottom, and then there's a very big middle. And I think right now the Jets are in the middle of the middle because they're a four and three football team right now. And this is a team that's shown that they can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. I mean, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They've lost to the New England Patriots. Philadelphia might be the best team in the NFL. New England might be the worst team in the NFL. And if they're not, both teams are close. And the Jets have just been a team all season long that's played to the level of its competition, even in games that they've won. You know, the Giants game this past week, the game a couple of weeks ago against Denver. They've taken bad opponents and almost lost the game. Then they've played some of the best teams in the NFL. You know, even though Buffalo is you know, showing some signs of weakness, but uh, you got Kansas City where the Jets lost, but they played really well for 30 to 45 minutes of that game and the Eagles who they beat. So this is a Jets team. It's it's very difficult to figure this team out. And I think that's a sign of an inconsistent football team. That's a sign of a a middle-of-the-pack football team. And I think if you were guessing right now, based on what we've seen the first seven games, the first eight weeks for the Jets, I think you'd have to say this is a team that's probably going to be somewhere between nine and eight and eight and nine near the end of the season. And they're going to be right on that threshold, you know, missing the playoffs by a game or making the playoffs by a game. Now that might be a sign that you, you might hear that and say, well, the Jets got to go for it then. You know, maybe that one player gets them over the hump to get them into the playoffs. But it's difficult to say how much of an impact one player can have for this football team because I just see a lot of inconsistency across the board. And I see a team that's very lopsided in the way it's built. I see a team that's built very well on the defensive side of the ball. It's It's really difficult to complain about the Jets roster construction on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, heading into the season, I thought that linebacker I – I know I'm not alone in this. I, I thought linebacker was looking like a weakness. And the Jets probably – you know, the Jets may have the best one-two punch in the NFL at linebacker in Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley. Quincy Williams has stepped up this year. He's playing at what I would call an, not just a pro bowl level, but an all-pro level. And in a way, I feel like he's made Mosley better because this is C.J. Mosley's best year with the Jets. C.J. Mosley has gotten a lot of accolades with the Jets, and I'm not sure they've necessarily – been fair. I think a lot of them have been based on his reputation in Baltimore in the past and his reputation for being a good leader in the locker room. This year, I think Mosley's playing a, at a Pro Bowl level for the first time since he put a Jets uniform on. And I think the two just complement each other really well, where Quincy is the guy who runs all over the field, and Mosley is more of a stay-at-home guy, but he knows where to be. You know, He's always positioned in the right spot. You're, he's not, he's not going to be in the wrong place. He kind of helps make sure everybody, everything's set up in defense. Everybody's in the right place. Kind of the the athlete in Quincy Williams and the, the brains of the defense and C.J. Mosley, a great partnership. So even that area where maybe it wasn't looking so good, suddenly Quincy Williams breaks out and the linebacking group's looking really good to go with a deep defensive line with quality players. Maybe the best one, two corner punch in the NFL, maybe the best one, two, three corner punch in the NFL. We're talking Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and Michael Carter II. So defense looks excellent. Offense doesn't look so great. And it shows you it's a very unbalanced football team. And it's one of those things that kind of tells me that this is a team that, you know, I don't know that they should necessarily use up major resources trying to help this, help, trying to get over the hump. I think that there are certain situations where it could make sense for this team. The offensive side of the ball, this team's not well built. I mean, let's be honest right now. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson are probably the only two above average offensive players for the Jets right now. When if Elijah Vera Tucker's healthy, that's three. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is four. Well, Aaron Rodgers is definitely four, not maybe. But this is not a very well-built offense. And that's one of the things that limits this team's ceiling. And it's one of the things that I think makes me wonder how much of a difference one player can make. Of course, as always, it comes down to value. There's always a deal that makes sense for your football team. You know, I said, you know, I wouldn't give up future resources necessarily well you know there might be a deal that makes sense even for the first round pick if kansas city and this will never happen if kansas city offered you patrick Mahomes for your first round pick you do it but i think we're at a point where if the jets are going to make a deal at least if trying to add a player then i think it has to be on the offensive side of the ball i think it has to be in one of two spots and i think it has to be a deal where either it's a great value for the jets or they're not parting with much and had here on the lockdown jets podcast we'll continue this trade deadline discussion show I'll tell you some of the conditions under which I actually would make a trade. I would add a player who I think could help this team out. And we'll discuss that continuing this Tuesday edition of Locked on Jets. This episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by DoorDash. It's only Tuesday. We're a long way off from the weekend. But DoorDash offers you access to a lot of great restaurants. A dasher will bring your food right to you. And that includes a great restaurant in Brooklyn called Weekends. Weekends make you smile, and so does weekend food. We're talking eggs, breakfast sandwiches, pancakes. You get the idea. All that and more is on the menu at Weekends in Williamsburg. This joyful cafe serves as a mean brunch, like the Soul Cal breakfast sandwich with avocado, smoked turkey bacon, rajas, and cheddar, and a hearty breakfast plate loaded with scrambled eggs, home fries, turkey bacon, cheddar, and a slice of toast. Enough fuel for a full day on the town or on the couch and you can get it delivered to your couch by using DoorDash. I mean, trick-or-treaters are gonna be coming to your door tonight looking for candy. Why don't you have someone bring you food? Head on over to DoorDash and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number two, number three, subject to change, terms apply. And don't forget, again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you Everydayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. New episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed as breaking news develops after games. Sometimes we'll we'll do a show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today is the trade deadline in the NFL. What should the New York Jets do? I think there are a very limited set of circumstances where a deal would make sense for the New York Jets, and one of them is you know the like, like crazy scenario where a team makes, just makes you an offer that's too good to be true. There's, oh, I'm never going to rule out a trade. You know, the Jets are down a second-round pick this year. I think you got to be very hesitant to trade the third-round pick. You got to be even more hesitant to trade the first-round pick. You got to have draft capital heading into what's expected to be a very deep draft class in 2020. 24 offers you a deal that's just too good to be true. Somebody offers you a star player at a discounted price. You take it short of that. I think there are a couple of scenarios where a deal could make sense for the Jets. There are two spots on offense in particular where the Jets need need a lot of help. One of them's offensive line. One of them's wide receiver and offensive line. You know, you just got to hope guys are going to get better because that offensive line. I watched the film last night of the Jets giants game. If the Jets have to play this offensive line, Th- for the rest of the season the season's over i mean they, they can't win playing with this group this group was horrible in that game and there were lots of guys on offense who did not play well i mean i don't think zach wilson had a great game i think the receivers were sh- really shaky outside of garrett wilson but that offensive line was the worst unit in the game for the jets and it's not a surprise i mean they were down what four guys and you know it, it's not not exactly easy when you're playing your number four center but my goodness that was a terrible performance the problem with this and robert salad on his Monday press conference, kind of ruled out the idea that the Jets were going to get be able to trade for an offensive lineman. And unfortunately, I think he's right. He says good offensive linemen don't get traded in this league because of what the Jets are going through. That's a perfect example. Even if you've got depth, you know that there could be injuries on the offensive line. The time to upgrade your offensive line was in the offseason. That's all there is to it. The Jets did not do a good job, and it's been a multi-year thing where the Jets have – this is – you know if you want to criticize Joe Douglas, I think the number one spot you go to is the offensive line. He's done a very good job in a lot of areas. He's built an excellent defense. I just mentioned the defensive roster construction is very good. He's focused on the offensive line. He just hasn't gotten a lot right. And the Jets are in some trouble on the offensive line. If there's a good offensive lineman available, you've got to think about making the deal. The other spot where I think you gotta, you got to consider making a deal is the wide receiver position. Because you got Garrett Wilson, who's excellent. He's a legitimate number one receiver in my book. After him, you have Alan Lazard, who you saw on Sunday what Alan Lazard brings you. He's better than the other options the Jets have. I mean, look, he's the second-best wide receiver on the team. But, man, if he's your number two receiver, you're in trouble because he's a big guy, but he doesn't play big. And he's too often, you know, he has balls hit him in the hand that he doesn't come down with. Sometimes they're contested catches. Sometimes he has concentration drops. Not a big play guy. He's fine if he's a complimentary guy, but you're in trouble if he's your number two. And beyond that, I mean, the Jets have nothing beyond Lazard. No, I mean, maybe they should I, – I, I still don't – I don't want to, like, make a Miko Hardman out to be a great player, but I think he's better than any of these other guys the Jets have. Randall Cobb, who's maybe been the worst player in the NFL all season long, and then after him you have, like, a bunch of just, like, undrafted dudes. Malik Taylor, Xavier Gibson, Jason Brownlee. I mean, maybe one of these guys can develop into a player in the long run. you got nothing behind – I mean, these guys, you can't count on these guys going – this season at least – so jets kind of have to find a balance here. I, I have no issue with the Jets trading a pick fifth round or lower. I think if you do a tr- kind of like a pick swap, that's even better. Day three, kind of the reverse of what the Jets did with Nicole Hardman. In that case, they gave up a receiver. If you can land a receiver for a late round pick swap, it makes sense. Who would be the receivers who would be available for that price? I mean, there are a couple of guys conceivably who could be out there. Uh, I'm I was a big fan of Terrence Marshall. Uh with Carolina. He was a second round pick by Carolina a couple of years ago, and he's very unhappy with uh, his playing. He's he's unhappy in Carolina. He's been given permission to seek a trade. I don't, you know, he's not been a particular particularly productive player during his career, but when we're talking about where the jets are right now, where the jets just need somebody to help provide a spark, he's probably better than every receiver on the team, other than Lazard and Garrett. So he'd probably step in and be your third best receiver. He'd be a starter. So there's that. Um, I don't think he's going to cost much cause he hasn't been super productive during his career. You know, he had a, over 400 yards last year, but that's only, a, that's like Elijah more product level of production. I think he, he'd be a guy that makes sense cause he won't cost much. He's you know, got a cheap contract and he's probably better than what the jets have. So that's one guy. Another guy who keeps coming, being brought up is Hunter Renfro with the Raiders be a little bit more expensive in terms of the cap hit the jets would take on. It's not an egregious cap hit though. Um, at least what the Jets would inherit. He's, he's got a pretty big cap hit, but the Raiders would actually absorb a lot of it in a trade. You know, a guy who not that far removed from a thousand yard receiver, a thousand yard season out of the slots. Jets have got nothing out of the slot this year. And a lot of it's Cobb's playing so many snaps in the slot. What's, Renfro's kind of fallen out of favor with Josh McDaniels. You know, not the first guy who's had an issue with Josh McDaniels in McDaniels, head coaching career. If you go back to Denver, you you know that and, doesn't seem like things are going all that well for the Raiders at the moment. So, I mean, maybe Hunter Renfro. I've never been a huge fan of his. I feel mean, like he's feeling been around forever because he played at Clemson for a long time. Um, now he's with the Raiders. I mean, look, he's better than what the Jets have. I think the one nice thing about the receiver position is that there are guys who are available who are better than what the Jets have. It's one of the conveniences of having so little depth of the position that almost anybody you could get could be an upgrade. So, you know, you got to strike this balance here. I don't think there's gonna be like a star level player available to the jets i don't think there's gonna be an offensive lineman if there is it's great but i think that there might be a receiver or two who's available for a cheap uh a cheap price if you get one of them i think it makes sense if you're not going to really materially hurt your future assets and you can just add a guy who can help you for the stretch run i think that's the point where i'd be comfortable making a trade i wouldn't i'm not sure i'd make a deal for anybody at a position that was an offensive line or wide receiver though I just don't see what you're getting. I mean, look, you're not, I know people want to get rid of Zach Wilson. You're not bringing in a quarterback midseason and like teaching him the playbook. That's just not realistic. So, I mean, where else do you, do you want to add a player to the defense? I mean, is that really going to improve the team at all? Um, you know, the running back, maybe out a guy behind Brees Hall. I'd rather see Izzy and get a look. Uh, so I think it's got to be receiver. I think it's got to be offensive line. One of those, those two spots. If you can get an upgrade without giving up a whole lot, or if you can get an impact, if, not, if, if an impact player unexpectedly becomes available, maybe you make a deal, but I think it's going to be tough. I think ironically though, even though the Jets are in the playoff mix, there are a couple players that could be sellers on. And I'll tell you about who they are. There's a couple veterans who have kind of fallen out of the rotation, haven't been productive this year. We'll talk about them continuing this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers could get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, in part because, believe it or not, the Los Angeles Chargers are road favorites over the New York Jets currently in week nine, Monday night NFL action. The Chargers coming to MetLife Stadium, Jets continuing to get no respect even on a three-game winning streak. Chargers are favorites. If you want to get that $150 in bonus bets, I mean that's that that game seems like a good one to place a $5 money line bet on. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. It's the trade deadline day in the NFL. Teams have until 4 p.m. Eastern time to file trades with the league. You may hear of a trade that you know is only only news news breaks like at five o'clock because sometimes there are a lot of trades that that get called into the NFL and it takes a while for the league to sort all of them out. They don't get officially announced at four o'clock. You just have to notify the league by four o'clock. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll know by four o'clock. NFL traditionally of the major sports has been the league where the trade deadline's been the quietest, but that's changed in recent years. we've become we've seen this day become more of an event. I think the NFL ought to think about pushing it back a little bit later in the season. I think you create more up more opportunities to make trades the deeper you get into a season, because you have to remember right now, especially with the addition of the seventh seed, a couple of fourteen of the thirty two teams making the playoffs in the NFL, and there are more than fourteen teams that think they're alive right now. I mean, most of the league is still in the playoff race right now, so you're not going to get as many sellers if you do it this early in the season. If you push it later in the season, a few more teams will fall out of the race, and you'll get more sellers. You'll get more teams bidding, looking to make upgrades, a few more injuries, teams will have holes to fill. I think they should push it back a little bit later. The Jets at four and three are very much in the AFC playoff race, but I think that they almost should be sellers on certain players. And it's not that I think the Jets should be selling off anything that selling off every player they can get who has value. That's what I thought maybe three years ago when they were the worst team in the NFL. I just think there are certain players who just don't fit this team anymore. There are two veterans in particular, and you can probably figure out which two I'm going to talk about. Because there are two guys who really have not produced for the Jets this year, Dalvin Cook and Carl Lawson. And listen, we know what happened with Dalvin Cook. Maybe you were for the signing. Maybe you were against it. If you were against it, good job because you were right about it. This signing has not worked out. It has not worked out in any way. Last week, Cook even suggested he may help, may speak with his agent and Joe Douglas to try and seek out a trade. Always a danger when you sign an older running back. I mean, there are a couple of reasons behind it. One, running back's not a position that ages well in this league. I mean, Dalvin Cook's still in his 20s, and he's kind of old for a running back. I mean, a quarterback, you can play to your mid to late 30s, sometimes even your 40s. Running backs, you know, you, very few of them make it into their 30s, and even fewer make it, make it into their 30s playing effective football. The other danger is, and this is something Dalvin Cook alluded to last week, he talked about how he hasn't felt like he's been in a rhythm because he's not getting enough carries. And a guy like Cook through his entire career has been the guy. He's been the lead back on his team. And he's just used to getting a lot of touches. And sometimes, I'm not saying, I, I don't think it, I don't think Dalvin Cook's issues are because of a lack of touches. But I think it's difficult for sometimes for a back to accept a role that's a reduced role. And on this team right now, Brees Hall's the number one back. Maybe the Jets, when they signed him, gave him the idea that they'd be 1-1-A. And, and I think the Jets probably believed it. I'm, I'm guessing the Jets maybe weren't confident Brees would come back as quickly as he could at top as quickly as he did at top form Brees was coming off a serious knee injury I think maybe there was a question would he be great right off the bat the answer was yes Dalvin Cook's not so I think things have changed since August when the Jets signed Cook you know maybe they thought uh, with the money they gave him it was almost like they thought he and Brees would be kind of like a tandem well Brees came back far stronger than a lot of people were expecting and Dalvin Cook has not looked very good. I mean, there's very little explosion. I, it feels like every other play I watch him when I would go go to the film, I mean, he's just missing holes. He's not running the plays that are blocked for him. I mean, he's trying to bounce stuff outside. I'm not sure he has the speed anymore. I don't know if you could trade him because, I mean, who's going to want an older back who's not really that productive anymore? Easier said than done. If you can get anything for Dalvin Cook, I, I think you do it. I have a little bit more hesitation hesitation with Carl Lawson. Because I, I think Lawson's been a very good player. I think, if anything, Lawson's been an underrated player for, in the past for the Jets and then before them with the Cincinnati Bengals. But he's clearly fallen out of favor. I think part of the challenge of trading Lawson, though, is, is he healthy? Because the Jets kind of suggested in the preseason that he was dealing with a back injury. He hasn't played much this year. Now, part of this is Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson have stepped up. Every It feels like every week Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson are getting better. So they've kind of taken the starting job away from him. But Lawson just doesn't look very good while while he's in there. And he's another guy. Last week, he talked about how he wanted more playing time. And I think part of it's, you know, you just – these are guys who really don't have much of a role on the team anymore. But beyond that, you know, maybe you don't want to, like, inject that into the locker room. Veteran guys who are unhappy with their playing time, sometimes you just get rid of a guy because you don't want to, like, risk them being unhappy and having it, you know – rub off on other guys in the locker room. So I I think that either of these guys, I have more hesitation with Lawson because I'm not sure where he's at. And I think the Jets certainly, you know, you never want to give away defensive line depth, but I think given the circumstances, trying to make a deal for both guys, even if it's just a late round pick swap, that could make sense for the Jets just to move on, turn the page from guys who aren't producing for them and don't really have roles on this team. Anyway, that's all for this episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll know from this an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out, help other Jets fans find the podcast. Enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy the trade deadline. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.